Welcome back to Say What Needs Saying. I'm Zach. And I'm Brandon. And today we are doing an episode on religion. That may sound broad, and it's meant to be broad. We have had numerous people, either through private messages or through um, our Discord, say that they hadn't felt comfortable discussing religion right. in, in some capacity in their lives. And so we figured this is what Say What Needs Saying is made for. This is These are the conversational barriers that we want to try to break down. And so today we just wanted to provide a platform for anyone and everyone to join us and talk about your religion, talk about your faith, your beliefs um, in a judgment-free environment where you can be anonymous if you wish and just talk. And hopefully we can kind of learn from each other, learn about everyone else's faiths and beliefs. And I don't know, we'll go from there. Before we jump in, Brandon, I thought I'd hand it over to you and see what what you think just you know general like if you were to sum up your religious or a religious beliefs you know what where are you uh, oh. what are your beliefs yeah so and i guess i'll put it on the line now as i'm gonna be as probably as transparent as possible just so i can create the environment so everyone can be transparent i was raised christian uh ame which is uh african-american episcopal episcopal um i believe and that perspective, that, I was raised in the church. I was a choir boy, all the typical, went to Bible study, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, as I got older, I'm sure this rhetoric, at least I've heard it from many different people, just whether you look at it from a historical perspective with the KKK, or you look at it from the perspective of, I guess, the impact of the religion. I've, I guess, diverged myself directly from the religion and almost uh, inducted its spirituality perspective. And I've also done so with classes that I've had throughout college about East Asian religions and I guess acclimated myself to some of those standings. So it's kind of like a, a blended mixture of the some of the spiritual um the spiritual texts that guide kind of like the world's religions. That's kind of my perspective on it. Because I have such a diverse or at least an open-minded concept on at least I appreciate all the different cultures. And if I appreciate each culture, there's aspects of the religion I can appreciate as well. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't mind at least as as an American to uh make it a melting pot within myself. Got it. What about you? What's uh what is what is religion to you or if you want to explain your religious holdings or Yeah, admittedly I've done a lot of thinking about this over the years. I so I was raised Catholic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was raised Catholic and then over the years kind of branched out like I never quite fully went away from it. Like I still pray, I still hold a lot of the beliefs that I did. But I've more so, as I've learned more about other religions, uh, learned more about other faiths and beliefs, the way that I see it right now is that every religion is practically the same exact thing, just with different mm-hmm. names for things and different, I mean, obviously they have different stories, they have different people, they have, you know, whatever, but they all have usually very similar underlying moral codes, very similar figures, um, even if you're to compare monotheistic to polytheistic, right? Christianity is monotheistic, but we have angels. And right. so, whereas other polytheistic religions have multiple deities, some larger or stronger or whatever and some more minor or lesser right and so so i don't know i don't know what i consider myself i mean the cop-out answer is that i feel agnostic but i know i lean towards you know praying to a god as do i like there's certain things you just can't escape almost i'm sure you can share that (laughs) right yeah and so so yeah so i think you know if i were to pick something i i don't know i mean i i feel like i believe that there is something out there I believe in something and it's boiling down to agnostic as I as I say it over and over again. But but yeah, I feel like they're all basically 
the same thing that teaches the same thing, but that each interpretation is still important and each religion has its value and its and its perks too. Oh, of course. I, I remember I was listening to a comedian many, many years ago. Uh, one of my favorite comedians, uh, Eddie Griffin, he said, uh, and I guess it's not right. I'll make sure I just say the, the, the D word in this particular pod <laughs> for this particular podcast. He said, I don't give a damn who the messenger is. Did you get the message? And for me, that was that transcended the special and almost was uh, oh, I indoctrinated that completely. And I took that perspective on everything, including religion. If you want, we can turn it over to one of the people that are joining us. Um, and mm-hmm. we can see what they think, um, you know, have someone share their beliefs. Um, sounds like both of us were kind of, you know, similar in that in some form we came from Christianity and our upbringing, but mm-hmm. then we kind of diverged a little and had a broader interpretation of religion. So I think it'd be good to get a couple people to jump in, say what needs saying about their faith, their beliefs. Right now we have with us two different groups. We have a podcast with us and then we have a, correct me if I'm wrong, but we have a uh, Buddhist Dharma teacher with us. So I wanted to turn it over to, and I apologize if I pronounce your name wrong, feel free to correct me. Um, Heian? <laughs> well, that's good enough. It's actually Hayun. Hayun. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, we're a descendant from a Korean lineage. So all of our Buddhist names are Korean um, in their origins. So that's why it's the Hayun. So, um, Sure, I'm willing to jump in. There's a really good Buddhist book, which I just think sums up everything for us. The name of it is Happiness is an Inside Job. I think that the core of Buddhism is that um, we're developing ourselves as human beings through our meditation practice, through the way we develop, um, sort of behave toward each other. And uh, it's a non-theistic um, religion. So in other words, I was brought up Catholic and there was the sense of God and Jesus and the whole thing. And I'm not, a, it's not, for me, it's not a one or another. It's, it's not like, oh, I was that and now I'm this. But I, I feel like the more you sort of embrace, I've embraced uh, my Buddhist background, the more I've seen that there's more than one path up the mountain and that we're all spiritual seekers. It's just a matter of how we get there. In uh, many Buddhist temples um, in Asia, you actually do not see a Buddha figure on the altar. You see a mirror so that you can see yourself as a Buddha. We really believe that every single person has Buddha nature in them. It's a matter of working on yourself and committing to work on yourself so that that part of yourself can shine. We have a deep respect for everybody um, who's on a spiritual path, whatever their faith is, because um, it shows that they're really doing that deep questioning and that deep sense of like, what is it? You know, that uh, is there something beyond me? Is there something where I can actually grow to have a deeper understanding of myself and the world around me and my place in it? You know, everything from my neighborhood to the country, to the planet, to the universe, and sort of building up toward that. And so um, our meditation practice is really to get in touch with that part of ourselves that's the searcher and the seeker and the part of ourselves that really wants to um, be in touch um, with all of those bodies, whether it's our neighborhood, whether it's other people in the world and the universe, uh, whatever beings there might be. And so 
it's really, uh, a, our, my faith is really about looking, searching outward, outside myself, uh, and doing so and developing the qualities of equanimity, where I'm not like thrown out of whack uh, every time something hits me. Developing the sort of uh, other qualities of mm, empathy toward other people. Um, and uh, we don't call it love because love is a very loaded word, but kind of loving kindness and developing that and understanding if I can develop that sort of spirit of generosity and gratitude, the more I can develop those parts of myself, the less, the more that the um, sort of monsters underneath the bed can take hold, you know, um, and so we develop those parts of ourselves to be able to have those parts be the one that rule our lives. And therefore, not only are we happier people, but we make everyone around us happy. And so it's sort of kind of as a reverberation. We have an image called Indra's net. And in that net, we are all jewels on this net. And so every time one of the jewels moves or the net moves, we're all sort of in this harmonious situation of moving together. And so we can either choose, do we wanna be like really like bam, bam, bam moving? And, and sort of have this negative effect on ourselves and everyone else? Or do we want to um, have a harmonious way of interacting and reflecting off other people? So um, I don't want to keep going on and on. I know that also Serena's here, um, who is uh, also um, has been a Buddhist living at our temple for a while. So eventually I'd like her to talk about it too. Oh, of course. And thank you so much for joining us. We also have uh, the Christian podcast. You guys have been waiting patiently. I've seen you guys. Go right ahead. I'll let you guys introduce yourselves and talk a little about your perspective. Well, Zach and Brandon, appreciate y'all having us on here. As you said, we're a Bible podcast, a Bible conversations, and, and we talk about a lot of topics about stuff that we, we believe in. So we'll, we'll try to narrow it down for y'all tonight. <laughs> There's, there is a lot to talk about. So uh, I'm, I'm Chris, uh, and this is Dylan. this is Dylan. And uh, Dan's Dan's not here, and I think he actually just got back uh, from vacation with his family. But uh, but we've got three on the podcast, and uh, our goal is to uh, really to open this up, open the Bible up, to talk about it and see what's in it. And you know what what I've heard from uh, I think it's Hayun, is that correct? Yeah. Okay, it's from Hayun, and uh, really from from Brandon, and um, a lot of what you guys are saying is that it's about individual growth, and it's about mm -hmm. becoming a better person and influencing the world for the better. And really, that is. That is what Christianity is about. Um, the the difference, I think, is that uh, I I believe that it comes through Jesus Christ. All of the changes in my life, all of the things that I've seen in my life, come through Jesus. And, uh, and I didn't always believe that. Uh, in fact, literally, what you said, I I used yeah. to tell people verbatim. That was that was what I said. And over the years, through studying and reading the Bible, reading different religious texts, I, I came to the knowledge that either there's one way, or everybody has to have you know, their own moral and ethical code that's okay and acceptable. I've just personally come to the conclusion that, that there is really only one way, and that's, uh, that that's in Christ. That's through Christ. And I know Dylan's got a couple things that he wants to share. We just wanted to share a little bit of scripture with y'all tonight, because um, we feel like that can speak better than the way we can. But in Matthew chapter 16, verse 16, Jesus is asking his 12 disciples who folks say that he is. He's wondering, do people recognize me as the son of man or do they think I'm just another prophet? And they were saying, yeah, people think that you may be this prophet or that prophet reincarnated. And Jesus asked them, uh, not who do people, people say that I am, but who do you say that I am? 
And one of his uh, 12 disciples, Simon Peter, replied to him and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, which means you, you are the savior. You know, that's, that's what Christ means, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him and said, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you. Mankind didn't reveal that to you, but the father who's um, in heaven revealed that to you. And so that's, that kind of sums up the majority of what we believe. I guess I'd say that, that Jesus is the son of God and he has the power to, to save everyone. He's, he's the Christ. He's the savior. And as we, as we look at Jesus, cause that's the book of Hebrews says that Jesus is the founder and the perfecter of our faith. And so as we look to Jesus, we, we try to become more like Jesus. We try to emulate who he was. We try and emulate who he is. Uh, and the closer that we can become to Jesus Christ, the better the world is. And that's, that's what we believe. And so, uh, I've got a couple of verses from the book of Romans. This is a letter that Paul wrote to Rome. Uh, and uh, he, he talks about how our bodies are to be spiritual worship. In other words, everything that we do should represent Jesus. It should represent uh, God, right? When we, when we bring a letter to somebody else, we bring it in the name of the person who sent it, right? Well, our bodies are in the name of Christ. We, every action that our we take, yeah, our lives, yeah. Every action we take, every word we speak, everything that comes out of us is a reflection of God. It's a reflection of Jesus. And so in verse 9 through 21, we're, I'm not going to read all of it, but uh, he gives some marks of the true Christian here. Uh, he talks about love, right? Let love be genuine is one of the things that he talks about. And love really can encapsulate everything. Everything is encapsulated in the idea of love. And so uh, it is a loaded word. Uh, I, I agree with uh, Hayun. It's a very loaded word. Yeah. And, and that's, it's something that, that we, we don't throw around lightly, but we do believe that we need to have it and show it. And so he talks about here, Paul does so many different things, blessing those who persecute you. You know, if, if somebody's being mean to you, somebody's being rude to you, well, pray for them, bless them, you know, treat them better than they treat you. If somebody slaps you on the cheek. You don't, you don't slap them back. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's even what Christ said. You know, you turn the other cheek. Yeah. Uh, rejoicing with those who rejoice, weeping with those who weep, just being empathetic to people and, and understanding that Jesus did that too. You know, one of his really good friends, Lazarus, died. And as he was there with the family, with Mary and Martha, he he saw their grief. He saw their agony and he wept with them. And so our job, our goal as Christians, and, and I, 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 can, I feel like I can speak for both of us because yeah. we both uh, we've been, had many conversations, many conversations <laughs> about this. Um, our goal is to become as close to Christ as we can. And we believe that when we do that, not only are we able to make the world a better place, not, let, not only are we able to impact those around us, but uh, we also believe that that we attain to salvation, which yeah. is the the ultimate goal. So. Well, and that's uh, I think really the, the main point, even for why I'm a Christian, is because of the question, "What next?" You know, you go throughout all his life and asking, "Okay, what next?" You're in high school, college is next. You're in college, a job is next. You're you have a job for 30, 40 years. What's next? Retirement. <laughs> well, when you ask the question, "What next?" Eventually, it's going to lead to, "Okay, I'm going to to die. What next?" and I think that's where people's questions about religion really hits home because when you're a Christian and you ask what next, Jesus has the answer. Um, in John 14, he's talking to his 12 again, telling them that, that he's going to, to go away and he's going to go prepare a place for them. And, uh, and they asked, where are you going? Well, show us the way, show, show us how to get back to the father, show us essentially the way to heaven. And Jesus answered them. And he said, I am the way and the truth and the life. 
and no one comes to the Father except through me. And so Jesus is telling us, yeah, we got to emulate his life. Yeah, we need to, uh, to do our best to be like Christ. But in the end, when the rubber meets the road, the only way to heaven is, is through Christ. Yeah. And I'll, I guess I'll kind of get ready to close it up here real quick. Yeah. You know, John 316 is a verse that I think everybody is familiar with. Uh, I know Tim Tebow a couple years back put it on his yeah. uh, on his cheeks, and I think it was one of the most Googled things uh, right after. And so John 316, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And, and we believe that that belief is shown through our actions, through our life. It's shown through baptism into Christ. Believe that it's essential to be baptized. We believe it's essential to live a quality Christian life, a life that is faithful to God and his will. And so because belief only takes you so far. Yeah. You can say, oh, well, I believe. And then if you yeah. turn around around and, and live a life that is not trying to emulate yeah. Christ, then, OK, do you do you really believe? Yeah. You know, it's, like, but, it's like saying I believe my car can go zero to 60 in two seconds and then you rev it up and you go and it's like 17 seconds because it's an old clunker. <laughs> right. Like there's. There's only so much that belief can do. There has to be some action that, that, that associates it, with it's it. It's a demonstration of your belief. Exactly. Right. So anyway, that's, uh, I think that about sums it up. Unless y'all have questions or I'm yeah. sure we're, we'll talk more in a minute. Oh yeah. And um, speaking of, speaking of questions, uh, granted, say what he's saying is just the conduit. We have the professionals, at least you guys are standing in as the professionals uh, for this conversation. So please don't forget to drop any questions and uh, granted Zach and myself will definitely be offering up our own perspective and questions as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So the next person I wanted to turn it to is like Hayun said earlier, uh, also Buddhist, someone who I would describe as a overall skeptical person, or at least a person who can <laughs> healthily practice skepticism. And so I don't want to, so I didn't want to give away too much details because I don't know how much anonymity this person wants. So feel free to share as much or as little as you want when I turn it over to you. But I wanted to get your perspective on being a person of faith and being skeptical and how those two aspects of your life intersect, but then also just give you a chance to share your beliefs and share your, your religion, your faith, whatever you feel like uh, needs saying. Thank you, Zach. I am Sharina, and I am a neuroscience graduate student at the University of Michigan. When I was growing up as a kid, my parents would take us to Barnes & Noble every Sunday morning, and that's what we would do. We would go and collect books and read about anything that we wanted. And I was that kid where at lunch every day, I would ask my friends questions about their faiths that they talked about. Well, is that really true? Is it really true just because a book said that it was true? And a lot of them, they could not answer questions about matters of faith in a way that I could really grasp onto. But as an undergraduate, I just happened to go to a Lutheran university, California Lutheran University, where in curiosity about culture, I started coming to chapel because I thought, well, I haven't actually tried this thing that is faith. I need to learn about how people experience this because you can't just learn everything about a cat by reading about a cat, but through actually experiencing one. Thus, I came to chapel and I came back and I talked with the pastors and really tried to get to learn about how Christianity worked. And I thought that it was a really wonderful thing. 
So I had decided to become baptized as an adult very intentionally. I thought also that Buddhism would be a good religion to explore, but I didn't know how I would go about doing that until I got to grad school, where I had the opportunity to visit and also to eventually live in the Zen Buddhist temple of Ann Arbor. This was an extremely pragmatic thing, where Buddhism, it has tools for how to work with the mind. Very, very great emphasis on meditation and in practices of embodiment as well that are not just about the book or the theories of love, but about how to truly work with this in mind and heart. So I became a more integrated person over time through living in the temple, through visiting different churches, through going to a synagogue to gain some experience there, and even talking with people in the humanist community. Because at the end of the day, I think it's good to pursue truth and to try to find how to be in a world with so many different faiths. Thank you. Yeah, that was excellent. Thank you for sharing, Sharina. It's great one getting your perspective. To... Go ahead, Brandon. Sorry. Oh, sorry. No, I'll say one thing I want. I uh, felt as if I brought my grandmother um, pride when I was able to, when, when the um, Christian, po- the Bible podcast uh, said those verses and I like said it before them. And I was like, oh, cool. I still, I still got it. <laughs> I still have it in the back of my head somewhere. Um, also, I found, uh, and I guess either one of you guys can correct me. I found the uh, correlation between uh, you, um, the Bible podcast saying that, you know, everyone's trying to be uh, Christ-like, you know, in that in that way. And then there's also the concept of the Bodhisattva, that everyone can arrive to as high of the Buddhist that you can in that same, in that same, you know, long-term goal. Am I, am I on the right picture there? Yeah, I think it's along the same lines of, of yeah. process. I don't know much about uh, the Buddhist religion. I'll be honest there. But speaking for us as Christians, I mean, uh, we understand that we've sinned, uh, that we have messed up and fallen short of the glory of God. We're not going to be like Christ. But the best quote that I've heard about that is that God doesn't expect a perfect life. Uh, what he does expect is a perfect effort. And that actually quote comes from a football movie. <laughs> but, you know, it ties into religion as well. Yeah. So I, I think, at least in my understanding, and I, I definitely don't want to get anybody misquoted or, or anything anything wrong. So if, if I do, please, please correct me. I'm not trying to overstep my boundaries, but it seems like the the Buddhist religion is about self-enlightenment and self-growth and becoming a better you, the best version of you. Uh, in fact, there's a, there's a Greek word, arete, A-R-E-T-E, which is to be the best that you can be. And that's something that, uh, that I, I actually try and really live by. And I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And so I think the paths of becoming the best version of who you are, I think is, is very similar. I do think that's true. Uh, I think the manner in which we each go about that is different. Uh, and, and I think that's that's where the, I guess the division is, if that makes sense. But but I do think that the goal of becoming better is, is the same. Uh, I think there's just a uh, slightly different ultimate goal for each of us. Yeah, no, I'm glad that you both touched on it because it does, it evidences some of the parallels across different religions. Um, we had a couple comments on Facebook that I wanted to read to you guys. One of them was directed or is pertaining to Christianity and one of them is pertaining to Buddhism. And so I figured I would read the the one pertaining to Buddhism first. 
So we had one that said that a listener said for years, if they were religious, they'd want to be a Buddhist. It's just a calming, peaceful religion that doesn't look up to a deity, a way of life we as humans should just be. Um, so that's kind of a an interpretation of Buddhism that I've heard a lot. I wanted to kind of turn it over to you guys and see what you thought about that interpretation. Um, is it accurate? And if so, like, what could you offer to, you know, non-Buddhists or others that could, you know, kind of encompass part of that lifestyle or part of those beliefs in, in theirs? I'll take a stab at it. And then if Sharina wants to jump in, she can. The Dalai Lama was actually uh, quoted as he was asked what his religion is all about and what his religion is. And he said, my religion is kindness. Um, and I think that um, we try to live our lives like that, not only to save ourselves, but to save the world and to save all the beings around us. Um, I think it was Brandon who mentioned the Bodhisattva concept. Mm -hmm. That is the ideal that I will never be complete. I will never be whole. I will never be in any way, shape or form enlightened unless I can have all of you with me um, in that. So it's really about these noble goals that can really never be in, in actual terms be um, be accomplished, but it's the goal. And I think that um, the guys from Bible Conversations sort of said it well, that it's, um, it's about improving ourselves so that we can improve the world and improve our place in it. And only then can we be truly happy because otherwise we're in this constant cycle, this hamster wheel of trying to achieve things and trying to please people and trying to do that. I really, I really love you guys' faith and I love seeing it um, poured out and that you feel so, it feels great that you're looking at a direction of peace um, because oftentimes religion is kind of used as a, a sort of line in the sand kind of thing. And that's part of this discussion that I, I really feel like we as Buddhists um, try to not have because, um, you know, the Buddha was asked once, are you a god? And he said, no, I'm just a person, but I'm awake. Um, and so that same awakening and uh, sense, I mean, enlightenment is a loaded word. So I don't want to say, ultimately, we look for enlightenment. I think that what we look for is enlightenment in every single moment. Um, there's one more thing I wanted to share. And that is uh, one of the basis of what we do is called the three foundation stones. Um, and the first is contentment. In this very moment, I have everything I need. Second is peace of mind. In this very moment, I have nothing to worry about. And the third foundation stone is gratitude. In this very moment, there's always something to be grateful for. So uh, it's about putting yourself in this very moment. And that's where we find peace. It's not looking to the future or to the past or all of that. Those are just things that tangle us up. But it's like finding that very moment of peace in our side ourselves right now. So, yeah. Uh, what you were saying about, you know, um, that line in the sand being drawn, I think that's so true. And you look across religions across the world, and I think nearly everyone has that. Um, has misapplied their religion yeah, it, in some way. It's kind of a disappointing thing, honestly, when, when you see that, when, when you see somebody who's a Christian. From my perspective, when I see someone who's a Christian and they, I don't know, for back, lack of better words, draw that line. Well, they it don't almost, show it love. It changes the, the religion, honestly. Yeah. It changes the message of the religion. So I appreciate you saying that as well. Yeah, I, I kind of wanted to touch on that as well. Just 
very, very briefly, like he was saying throughout the world, I mean, people have misrepresented who they're supposed to be. And, you know, one of the things that was said at the beginning, you know, talking about America and about religion in America, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian first. And I think that's something that's probably radical to a lot of people. But I am a Christian first, whether I was living in America, whether I was living in Europe or Asia or wherever I would be living, that would come first. It's primary to me. And so uh, I have to do everything in my power to emulate the gospel, to emulate the Bible, to emulate Jesus uh, wherever I am, because nations rise and fall. We've seen it throughout all of his, that is history, falling and rising of nations. And, uh, and, and yet Christianity is still here and it always will be. Uh, so that's why, to me, Christianity comes first. When we draw that line in the sand and, and don't allow other people in and we push people away and we put up walls and barriers and, and all sorts of things like that, I, th I think it does a disservice to the reality of Christianity, the reality of religion. So anyway, I just, I did appreciate that statement a lot. So oh, I, I had a question for you, uh, actually, based on what you just said, and we promised to get right back to the, the comment that we had on Facebook as well. But you said that it would be radical to a lot of people that you identify as Christian first. I wanted to probe you a little bit on that and see what you meant or why you why you thought that, because I think, you know, part of the reason we're doing this episode is because people feel uncomfortable talking about religion. People feel uncomfortable sharing their beliefs. And I think that is part of it, not necessarily all of it by any stretch of the imagination, but I think a big part of it is that belief that it's seen as radical. But what what do you mean by that when you say that people would think that it's radical that you identify as a Christian first? So I'll answer this with a, I guess you'll probably get a kick out of this, but I'll answer this with a uh, an example. So in the New Testament, we are told that we are to follow the governing authorities, uh, that the governing authorities have been put in place by God. Uh, in order to rule us, right? And we see in the Old Testament that at times the Assyrians came up to conquer uh, Israel. The Babylonians conquered Israel. The Romans, right, were there and they killed Jesus, right? Jesus didn't resist. He submitted to the governing authorities there, even to his death. He was obedient unto death. Well, today in America, we live in a society where the idea of having our guns taken away is met with such vigor and vitriol that if somebody even assumes that we're, they're taking our guns away. Well, they quote the second amendment first. We talk about, you know, just all sorts of different things within the nation. And it, and it seems like the American freedoms, the American, whatever it is, come before the scriptures. They come before the word of God. And, and I know that that's not true of everyone, uh, but that's what I meant by that is that there are a lot of American ideals that seem to be, and again, this is all anecdotal evidence based on my life, mm -hmm. uh, but they seem to come before Christianity. So that's that's kind of what I meant by that. I would like to mention that the Dhammapada does mention the gods and some people who are Buddhists, they identify as secular Buddhists, mm -hmm. as in they don't believe that there are gods. Both are allowed as flavors of Buddhism. Interesting. I actually didn't know that. Thank you for sharing, Sharina. Um, I figured we we still have one more comment that I wanted to get into just so we don't forget it. One person said, one thing that's always confused me about Christianity is the whole, if you don't believe in God, you'll go to hell regardless of the life you live. If God loves everyone, believer or not, then people not believing but still living a good, quote, Christian life, unquote, Christian-like, sorry, life in terms of being good towards others and whatnot should allow those people into heaven if it's real it shows that those individuals didn't need the fear of god or hell in order to be a decent human being and that's all that should matter 
Um, so I figured I'd turn it over to you guys um, and get your take and see what you guys think, because I, I know that's something that I've heard before, and not just strictly Christianity, but like a lot of religions demonize people of other religions, you know, to a certain degree, depending on which religion you're talking about. Um, so yeah, just wanted to get your guys' response to that one. Yeah, that is probably one of the most asked questions. <laughs> um, it's a tough one to tackle, and I don't want to make it seem super light or, or anything like that. It, it's a definitely an important question. But what it really boils down to and what it's getting at is that, you know, if I am a good person and I'm doing good things, then why can't I go to heaven too type of question? Um, that's a argument for salvation based on works, salvation based on good deeds that I do. And throughout the Bible, we understand that, no, we're, we're not saved because of the good things that we do. We're saved because of Christ and, and him alone. As far as the part of that question that says, you know, like, how can a loving God send folks to hell? The whole point about God being loving is that that he created us in, in his image, but it was us, it was mankind who caused that separation with God. Chris actually read for us earlier, John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that whoever believes in his son should not perish but have eternal life. But verse 17 is actually really important to this question. It says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. That's, that's not the point of why Christ came to the earth to condemn everyone, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The, the whole point of Christ coming to the earth isn't to say, y'all messed up. I'm going to, I'm going to punish everyone. Instead, it was a, hey, y'all messed up, but please come to me so that you can be saved. One of the parts of this, this question is the idea of, of, of creator. God is the creator, according to our, our view, according to what we believe the scriptures say, God is the creator of the world. And he created me. He created Dylan. He created uh, everybody that, that has ever lived. And God wants us to want him. God wants us to love him. God gave all of us agency. He gave us the ability to choose. I, I'm not sure who the Facebook commenter was, but that person has the right to choose to not love God, to choose not to serve God, or to choose to love God and to choose to serve God. That person also has the ability to choose to do good in his life or her life, or to choose to do bad in his or her life. There's something about that agency that shows God's love for us. He did not force us to make the choices that we make. He did not force us and has not forced us to make any of the choices in our lives, but he wants us to love him. And so in wanting us to love him, he sent his son so that through him, we have a chance to be with God. Uh, and, and I think that's a, that's a really important part is that we serve and we worship the creator of the universe. And if he created the universe, it is entirely within his prerogative to do whatever he wishes to do. But he chooses to give us a chance. He chooses to give us salvation. And because of that, we love him. Because of that, we do things for him. We work because we are saved. We don't work to be saved. And I think that's a very important distinction there. Do you have anything else? No, I think I think we covered it. Okay. <laughs> Does that make sense to everyone? Gotcha. Oh, yeah. Of course. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much, guys. Uh, I do have a question for the perspective of uh, Hyun. So in regards, so I, so I know of the basis of Christianity. I'm more uh, unfamiliar with Buddhism practices. Within Christianity, you know, there's a concept, you know, to bring people towards Christianity and have them know the Lord and know he is the truth and the way and the light. 
I wanted to know how come that wasn't an indoctrinated principle with Buddhism, since it's to better each individual self. And if each individual self would be better, it would be more of a Buddhist mentality uh, lifestyle. And that'll be more of a, I guess, you know, a Buddhist way of life. And wouldn't that be, in, I guess, in regards to the religion, wouldn't that be somewhat of the goal? Or is it more specific and individualistic? Sure, um, Brandon. So we are not a religion that proselytizes in any way. We feel like people, um, if they come to the teachings um, and want to be a part of what we're doing, we welcome them, but it's not not our job to push it on people. Um, it's about, but what our job is about is creating inside of each one of us a place of peace and pushing out the place of fear. I think that, you know, um, the ideas, it's fascinating to me to think of the ideas of um, like getting to heaven and stuff, because to me, that puts inside of me this kind of place of fear, like, oh my gosh, if I don't do this, I'm not going to heaven. Whereas um, the Dhammapada sort of takes that, which is um, sort of a Reader's Digest version of the Buddhist texts, which are voluminous in nature. Um, and one of the things that really strikes me in it is um, the Buddha says, your work is to find your world and then give your whole heart to it. So at that point, you uh, begin to open up. You begin to see things differently. You begin to recognize that um, the nature of suffering and the nature of pain, pain talk, it reverberates through the world, but how you actually, through your practice, can find a place of peace uh, in the midst of all that kind of suffering that's going around. I just want to share a quick story with you. Mm -hmm. It's an old story. One of the things that's great about Zen Buddhism is we have all these great stories. So this is one of two monks zillion years ago, probably about 400 AD, walking in China on this ruddy, muddy road. There were no pavement at that point. So it was a lot of animals and wheels and stuff. And it was just really gross and muddy. And there was a woman standing on the side of the road dressed nicely. And she was waiting for someone to help her across because she, she couldn't go through the mud. And so one of the monks picked her up, took her to the other side of the road. And then they just went along their way. And he noticed his companion and he looked over and he could see his companion was getting kind of worked up. And uh, he said, brother, what's going on? Is something wrong? And as is typical of all of us, the other monks said, no, nothing wrong. Uh, I'm fine. And so they walked further toward the town. And he says, are you sure there's nothing wrong? And the other monk sort of blurted out, you, you know that we're not supposed to touch women. And the one monk said to the other, he says, oh my gosh, brother, I put that woman down miles ago. You're still carrying her. Uh, and I think that it's sort of representative of the burdens that we carry with us. And that um, it's our belief that through our meditation practice and through trying to live mindfully in the world, we can kind of take that out of our minds and take our minds out of the place of um, guilt, shame, judgment, those kinds of things that really weigh us down as human beings. So I'm not really disagreeing with anything that the guys from the Bible conversations are saying. I think that it's just a just different perspective on things is what we take forward. Yeah. yeah. So that actually leads perfectly into the next question that I had for kind of everyone, um, listeners, all of you, uh, pretty much everyone. 
Uh, I, I don't want to say for sure who this was. I believe it was Osho, but I could be completely wrong. Um, So don't quote me. But basically, this belief was that Jesus was a Buddha that had come back after realizing that in the East, teaching things such as reincarnation, teaching things such as polytheism, um, other other elements of Eastern religions, that he, in order to help people reach enlightenment more easily, or at least within less lifetimes, decided to adapt the teachings to be more of a non-reincarnation-based, you know, monotheistic-style religion to get things done, quote-unquote, quicker. And so someone just commented in the chat something that kind of plays along the same line of logic. He said that the older the religion, the more decentralized and less ideological the religions are, uh, for example, Hinduism or Buddhism, and the newer the religion, the more orderliness and theological the religions are, uh, for example, Islam or Mormonism. I wanted to get all of your thoughts on that, like this idea that maybe there is, you know, again, it's kind of equating all of the different religions, but this idea of religious figures throughout time adapting their teachings or their beliefs to fit the culture or the norms of the time and how that may have played into some of these differences that you guys are talking about. That's a pretty interesting thought, Zach. I, I've actually never heard that one before. That That is kind of cool. Uh, I think the the main thing for me is that Christ spoke so often about the Father who is in heaven, and um, I think y'all referenced maybe it was Sharina uh, saying that for Buddhism, like I am my own God. I I am. I think that was the phrase you used. Um, but Christ talks so often about the, the Father who is in heaven. It's an interesting thought uh, for sure. Chris, did you have something? Yeah. So. I understand where that line of reasoning is coming from. Obviously, I respectfully disagree with it, uh, but I do understand where it's coming from. And I think a part of where it's coming from, we, we read about in Romans chapter 2, uh, verse 14 and 15. Now, the word Gentile here just means anybody who is not a Jew. So when you hear that word, just think non-Jewish. Uh, and at this point, that's the majority of the world. So uh, for when Gentiles who do not have the law, the Mosaic law, and also now specifically the new law, law of Christ. By nature, do what the law requires. They are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the work of the law is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness, and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them. So the idea here is that there is a moral code and a moral and ethical system that is right. We believe that that is God's law, that is God's ethical system. But the bottom line is, is that everybody is aware that certain things are wrong. Example, killing, right? Killing, murder, it's wrong. Like it does not matter how you look at it, it's wrong because it is the, it's taking a life. And so there are certain things that we see in the world that everybody almost universally agrees are wrong. I think that kind of goes into what's being discussed here in, in the idea that Jesus would have been a Buddhist or a Buddha, I guess is the proper term there. You know, everybody understands certain things are right, certain things are wrong. Everybody attempts to stay away from or to do certain things. But I don't, I don't believe that Jesus was a Buddha. I, 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 can't, I can't say that. And I know we're, we're getting our own opinions and our own beliefs. And so that's, but anyway, I, yeah. I, I would yield. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's, you know, it's perfectly fine to disagree. I mean, so, so let me add a little comment to that. Yeah. I think this is a great question. So I just wanted to give you a little context in that the person we refer to as the Buddha, 
was not historically the only Buddha. Right. Legends have it that there were Buddhas before that Buddha Shakyamuni was his name. Uh, and the, the, it's just really a definition. It's not like a title that we're giving to one person. So the term Buddha means a fully enlightened one. Mm -hmm. And I certainly would count Jesus among those who I feel is a a fully enlightened one. And so it's just a definition really of a person who really has attained a state of enlightenment in the world. And so I think there are, oh, you know, not very many, but a few people I can put into that category. So Mm -hmm. when we're talking about Buddhism and what it descended from, it really was the Buddha Shakyamuni, but he wasn't what Buddhists say is the only Buddha. And so he would point to others as a fully enlightened person too. Yeah, no, it's just a super interesting concept that I had come across early on. Oh, definitely. I've never even, I've never even heard that idea (laughs) even come to pass before. So even basing the two theologies against each other, I kind of could see how one could devise that. I did have a question um, for the Bible Conversation podcast. In regards to like your earlier comment, you said you identify as Christian first because religion is so much so identifiable. You brought in like the constitution and stuff like that. What's your perspective that Christianity is so much so woven into the American history and even the money as well? Because I'm not 100% well versed in it, but I don't believe that Christianity wants to be as involved in like money and almost every aspect of American culture that it is. Uh, I just want to get your thoughts on that. Thoughts as far as like, is it a good thing, a bad thing? Well, how do you you personally view it? Like, you know, so uh, I guess I'll make it more specific. So different, I guess, extremist groups like the KKK, for example, very much so confidently um, represent Christianity. And it's also represented in the, the, you know, different aspects of whether it be Congress or the Senate. I guess I'm just changing the gears of the question. Well, how, how do you guys rationalize that perspective at least the history of the kkk alongside christianity or do you not like those lines being blended or is there a level of truth to it that's kind of what i was talking about earlier as far as people who have taken christianity too far anything that we do not even too far incorrectly well yeah (laughs) yeah i mean not yet not too far anything that we do under the name of christ or under the name of christian that is not getting closer to christ is not right you know i mean take the crusades for example eight of them i think yeah, i, believe I think eight. eight if not more but at least eight yeah at least seven or eight or something yeah but they literally went down to try to like free the holy lands or whatever and went in on a killing spree under the name of uh, christianity and it was just slaughter is what it was your reference to the kkk Again, that's just, it's completely wrong trying to do something under the name of Christianity that is not Christianity. It's it's kind of mind-blowing, honestly, when I think about it, as far as people saying, yes, I'm doing this because I'm a Christian. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're That has nothing to do with the fact that you're a Christian. Specifically with the KKK, they are, I guess everybody here would agree, unless I'm mistaken, that they are a racist organization, right? Uh, I guess the people within it are racist. And so when you look in the New Testament, really throughout all the Bible, racism is brought up more than I think most people are aware. Uh, In Galatians chapter three, verse 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female for you are one in Christ Jesus. In other words, if you are a Christian, you are a part of the same family, right? You belong to the same body. You are a Christian. There's that doesn't matter if you're Jewish, doesn't matter if you're Greek, doesn't matter if you're Roman, it doesn't matter whatever your nationality, ethnicity, it doesn't matter. 
That's not a part of being a Christian. And so when we talk about the KKK as, as a specific example, that that's not even that that's not Christianity. That that's an organization that follows what they believe and then they misapply scripture in order to do what they want to do. And honestly, that happens a lot. Like, I mean, the Crusades is the one example I can think of. But uh, the reason that was written in Galatians, they're talking about there's neither uh, Jew nor Greek nor slave nor free. There, there's no separation for, for different kinds of folks because when the church was early on in its first 10, 15 years or so of its conception, then uh, there was a little bit of division. Uh, all these Jewish folks who had been God's people since the time of Moses were like, wait, no, are we not still God's people? And all the, the Gentiles, everyone who was uh, non-Jewish, uh, we're like, hey, we've got the the good news about Christ too. Can we got a we got a fellowship together? And there was this kind of this this clashing. So they made it very clear: there's no difference. Y'all are all the same in Christ. That's it. First question you asked about America in general. I believe that America was founded on Christian principles. I also believe that some of those principles are not Christian. Some of the founding principles, for instance, slavery. Right? Like, don't I agree with that. Uh, it's, it's one of the things that America is, is known for. In fact, I believe we're the only nation that's ever fought a war over slavery, but we had it and it was there. Uh, and so our nation was founded on certain Christian principles, freedom of, of religion, the freedom to serve a God, whoever you choose to serve, right? Like that's, that's something that, that is intrinsic in, in Christianity because God has given us a choice to serve him or not. But I do believe that, you know, you mentioned that money, right? Uh, in, in God, we trust written on the, on the bills. There's, uh, you know, you, you get up to say to court, right? And you put your put your right hand on the Bible. You promise to tell the whole truth, that that sort of thing. I, I do believe that America has been founded upon Christian principles. That does not necessarily mean, and again, I, I might get in trouble for saying this, but that does not necessarily mean that America is a Christian nation. Uh, I, I think there's a difference in those two things. I think when people individually serve God, they are Christians, but that does not mean that I don't believe that any organization can hold a belief. Does that make sense what I'm saying? They're like, no organization can hold right. a belief. The people within the organization can. Right. But anyway, that those are some of my thoughts on that. Does that answer that question? I do appreciate that. And I know about 300 people that would appreciate that too. Well, we'll get there though. <laughs> I wanted to get to this comment that we got in the chat. And then I had uh, one other question that I wanted to pose to everyone. Um, so the comment that we had is the Islamic perspective of this. Uh, this was when we were talking about Jesus as a Buddha. It says the Islamic perspective of this prophets have been sent at various times of history to various cultures to preach a moral system and the word of God. So yeah, Buddha could be a prophet. Um, so yeah, so this idea, it does, you know, kind of span multiple different religions and belief systems. So I wanted to bring it back to kind of the core reason behind having this episode in that people don't feel comfortable discussing their religion, right? People don't feel comfortable talking about these things. People don't feel comfortable revealing what their religion is. And so I wanted to turn it over broadly to all of you and see why you think that is. What do you think it is about religion that makes it so hard to discuss? I mean, obviously, this is something that's super intrinsic in who we are. And it can lead to a lot of disagreement. Do you think that's the only reason? That you, do you just think that it's something that's so personal and, and deeply rooted and, you know, important that people can't handle that level of disagreement with other people um, and therefore don't want to or, or can't discuss it with other people? 
Uh, if any of you have any experiences or stories about either yourself or someone else where you didn't feel comfortable sharing what your religion was, uh, we'd appreciate if you could share that again, if you feel comfortable uh, sharing that with us too, just so that we can, you know, share that with our listeners too, and have everyone get an idea of, you know, why we should maybe be talking about these things more often. So yeah, anyone that wants to jump in, um, we got one question I'll read real quick. And then anyone else who wants to jump in, feel free to. Um, the comment says, I think there's a general shift in American culture away from religious values. That's why people are afraid to talk about religion. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Shereen. I was going to actually ask you to weigh in on this. Good. Great. Yeah, my thought about this is that there is so much that is misunderstood about religions. And that the ways that religions are often portrayed is too simplistic. I've been reading Mere Christianity with a friend in an extremely small book club lately. And C.S. Lewis says that Christianity is often disagreed with as a sort of straw man because it's explained in a way that a six-year-old boy could understand. But really, Christianity is a complex religion. And hey, my thought is that Buddhism is a pretty complex religion too. And most religions, they're more complex than the surface value. One misunderstanding about Buddhism is that the thought is that life is suffering, but that's not really the case. Really, the teaching is that life contains suffering, but not that it is suffering. So in delving into the religions and really getting to understand them, really practicing them, that makes it more possible to understand and to relate to people on this topic. But most people don't do that. Yeah, that's very true. A lot of people just get the surface level understanding of religion. It doesn't really lead to much constructive conversation, really, if it, even if it does lead to conversation only at the surface level. One of the things that struck me with that is in, in grade school, right, kindergarten through fifth grade, we get a very general overview of, of everything, seemingly. And then as we move into middle school and high school, it starts to narrow our focus a little bit into what we're studying. As we get to college, it narrows even more. As you go up into your master's degree, you, you get a very narrow focus. And then you get into your doctorate's degree, and you seemingly know everything about a little bit of something. <laughs> And what we realize is that each one of those things that's back here in this wide swath of knowledge also has a very narrow understanding that is incredibly deep. And so I think, at least in part, a lot of why religion is, is not talked about as much is, is twofold. One, it is very personal. Each individual has their own belief system. Now, now Dylan and I share a very similar belief system, very simple. Uh, we both believe the Bible. We both believe that Jesus is the son of God. We both believe a lot of the same things, but we also express our belief differently. Uh, and, and that's something that, that is true of everybody. No individual is the same. And so it's a very personal thing. And to be told, at least in part even, that, hey, you're wrong, right? However that comes out, however lovingly it's presented, whatever the case may be, it, is, is difficult to hear. Nobody likes to be told they're wrong. Mm -hmm. I think the second part is the lack of knowledge. It's difficult to talk about something you don't know about. And it's difficult to hear somebody tell you something that you're not aware of because you don't have any ground to stand on. Mm -hmm. And so I think both of those at least participate in part of the difficulty of why religion is, is not talked about as much or why it's difficult to talk about it. Some of my thoughts about why people don't really like to talk about religion really stems from kind of what Chris is talking about and even Sharina, it's Sharina, right? Yeah, Sharina, even what Sharina's saying, you know, it's, it really boils down to a judgment. 
thing. You know, if I don't know something or if I, if there's more to it that I am not aware of, um, what is the, what are people going to think about me? That's the, the bottom line. What are people going to, to say about me, good or bad? It's the fear of the unknown, the fear of judgment. And so because of that, okay, I'll just stick to my beliefs. And if I don't tell anyone, then I don't have to confront those fears at all. Honestly, I think that's why most folks try to steer clear of religion. I just like to add one thing that I think exists. I think there's a rightful cynicism about religion because religion has caused so much pain and suffering. And because of the sort of judgments and the sort of my way or the highway approach that many religions have had, and the fact that people who are in power use religion as a stick uh, and have historically, I think that a lot of people are very skeptical about it because they see the damage that has been done in societies. And I don't think Buddhism is exempt from that, but I feel like people who um, have power over others sometimes use religion as a stick um, to punish people. And I think there's a cynicism about that. And I also think that there's um, in this, in our society a fear, and I've had this, I mean, I've had this in my, like, I don't want to be identified as anything, you know, I'm, especially in the United States, we want to be individuals, we don't want to say I am this, you know, I am something ist. (laughs) So, So I think that there's that out there. And yet what you find also is what I was talking about at first is that a lot of people are seekers and they want to seek something deeper than themselves. What's fascinating is that in a way, Buddhism is growing by leaps and bounds here in the West, even more than it is in some Asian countries. And part of it is people wanting to find some peace in their lives um, and learning meditation, learning the practices. But part of it, quite frankly, is that I think in like Korea, um, Buddhism is sort of seen like, oh, I'm a Methodist or I'm, (laughs) I'm, you know, uh, something, whatever your your background is that your grandparents were and just seems so boring to you. And so kind of the flavor of the month gets attention in a way that um, your grandparents' religion seems ho-hum. But I feel like the, the central tenets of all of our faiths are, um, are really goodness. And, you know, the 23rd Psalm, you know, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Uh, and I think that when we really kind of live our faith, that becomes alive for us. And so for me, that has been through my Buddhist practice, but I respect that for other people, it's through another faith-based um, system. You know, speaking of religion and how religion has failed people as a whole, a really good quote that I heard one time is that it was a tweet and it was like religion, colon, and this says, uh, I got in a car wreck. Oh man, my dad's going to kill me. But faith says, oh man, I got in a car wreck. I need to call my dad. I think that's a, a really big difference as far as religion says, oh no, man, I messed up. Now I have to face judgment but faith is i messed up i need help and that's a a huge difference that i don't think a lot of people understand i i take a slightly different view on that uh which goes to the comment i made earlier that that we have different you know different views on life in that i believe that people have messed up i i don't think religion itself can mess up right it's like a gun doesn't kill people it's the person that holding the gun that pulls the trigger that kills somebody and so People make mistakes. People have messed up, and I think I think that's that's a scary thought to a lot of people. 
that they are responsible for their own life and their own salvation and their own future, right? They are responsible for it. It's not up to somebody else. It's not up to the government. It's not up to, they are responsible. And I think that's a, that's kind of a scary thought. And so we can look at a lot of different religions that have made a lot of different mistakes, right? But it really was the people that made those mistakes. It was the people that did those things. That's where I stand on it. I, I do understand the idea that, you know, religion has caused strife and war. But in reality, it's in my mind, it's people that have misapplied their religion that have caused strife and war and suffering. I would at least say that was extremely enlightening, at least from your perspective, just the way that you broke that down. It's almost like for years, and granted, I know many people that have this perspective that they've had these questions or these misgivings and no one would sit down with them because either the family members, you know, don't get them worked up or <laughs> some people just don't feel like breaking it down to the younger generation. But it's the generations to come that fulfill some of these scriptures from these different perspectives and different religions. Um, there was a comment that we got in the chat. It says, religions fail when they get too political and too ideological. That's when society comes up with a solution to completely detest it. But I don't think that's the way to go. People need a moral fabric to live under. Religion provides meaning, purpose, a way to ground and order people in communities. And I don't think we should forget the benefits of religion. Yeah, I think that that's something that I've heard a lot of times. Um, Jordan Peterson talks about it a lot um, and others, you know, that religion does serve a role. Um, and it, at least so far, really hasn't been replaced in how it serves that role, um, you know, regardless of your views on religion. You know, I think that the community that religion affords people, the brotherhood or sisterhood or whatever you want to call it, um, the belongingness, you know, that people get people have the opportunity to get that feeling from other things it just doesn't happen to usually be as tight-knit or as strongly held beliefs or as you know close of a connection as something like religion you know you'll see other similar communities pop up about strongly held beliefs you know political groups and and things like that culture is another one that has people at very tight-knit you know different elements of culture but religion itself is an element of culture so yeah i think that that comment does a good job of explaining why this is important and why I think, you know, it is important to talk about religion. You know, even if you yourself are not religious, even if you yourself hold different religious perspectives or different religious beliefs than the people that you're talking to, at the very least, you'll learn something about their other beliefs, right? And you'll learn something about their culture, their identity, you know, what makes them them and, you know, what makes their religious beliefs what they are. A conversation can lead to a million places, but if the conversation never happens, then the benefit can never be reaped. So religion is one of the biggest aspects of our lives, or at least of religious people's lives. And so just like politics, just like culture, just like money, just like all the other things that we try to talk about here on Say What Needs Saying, it's it's important. It's important to talk about. And unfortunately, we're not quite there where you know society doesn't talk about it quite as much as we would like, but it's something that we're trying to break down that barrier a little bit. Before we close, um, we just wanted to give everyone one last chance to say what needs saying. Um, we like to give a chance for everyone to drop anything else that they need to say in the comments or to chat with us one last time. If you think there's something we missed, if you think that there's something that we talked about that you'd like to talk about in a little more detail, or if there's anything that you think needs saying. I, I appreciate you guys having us on here and, and this, this conversation. Uh, it's, it's, been, uh, it's been awesome. Uh, it really has. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I've learned quite a few things, actually. I don't know. You guys have been able to see us and 
uh, periodically somebody will say something, we'll kind of look at each other and go, wow, that's it's pretty cool. I didn't know that. So that's been that's been really awesome. One of the things that, that we try and do at Bible Conversations in our podcast, and put a little plug in here, is is we try and start those conversations uh, to make them easier to start to give people a, a foothold in the door. I'll let Dylan. I'll let you say anything else, but that's um, something yeah, we try I mean, to do. Some of the things that we've talked about tonight, as far as loving one another, being kind to one another, some of those things are are some topics that we we just try to have a conversation about and encourage others to also have conversations exactly like what y'all are saying here you know um if you don't have it uh, you can't benefit from it exactly you don't have that conversation then you don't gain the benefits from that conversation so we, we just wanted to encourage folks in that way but really appreciate this conversation really appreciate the the knowledge and the things that we've gained uh and appreciate everyone that y'all have on here thank you thank you guys so much for joining anyone else have anything left yeah. that they need to say yeah, I'll just uh, I'll just jump in and say offer my gratitude for including us um, as the sort of Buddhist voice. If anyone is interested in learning more or would like to find out more about either Buddhism or about who we are, um, we are at ZenBuddhistTemple.org, and you can just find us on the big old World Wide Web and learn more if you're interested in it. And I wish you nothing but peace and calm and wisdom and skillfulness and go forward in this COVID world and emerge even stronger. Thank you. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for joining us. You know, we were really happy to get, you know, a variety of perspectives in on this and super happy that you took the time to join us for it. I feel extremely lucky to live in a country with religious freedom. This is not available in every country in the world. And to be able to explore and to question and to learn from all kinds of different ways of wisdom and different ways of relating to things that are bigger than ourselves, it's wonderful. And thank you for allowing us on this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't I couldn't have said it more. I think that I agree. It's a it's a right and a freedom that it's absolutely great to have, and I'm glad we have it. We had a comment just now that says um, that they are thankful for freedom of religion in America, and not every country has this. So yeah, I think that's just another reason that we should be talking about these things more, is we have the ability, we have the freedom to do it, so we should. Just one last thing, I've been dropping links periodically for those that have been joining us live in the chat uh, in Zoom, but I just wanted to point out the couple that we've been posting, and for those listening in, give a chance to offer you the same links. Uh, if you've enjoyed this conversation, please do give us a like on social media or a follow, subscribe to our YouTube channel, um, or join our Discord. We have a Discord server set up with channels set up for each individual episode, as well as topics. So we'll talk about politics or religion or culture, all kinds of different things. I've dropped them in the chat if you've been joining us live. If you're not, if you're listening to us later, check the episode description and we'll have some links in there for you to click. Otherwise, you can find us pretty much everywhere at Say What Needs Saying. Facebook is Say What Needs Saying. Instagram is Say What Needs Saying. Twitter is Say What Needs. Other than that, thank you all so much for joining us and for sharing your perspectives, your religious beliefs, your, your faith. You know, this was a really good conversation. Really enjoyed it. Thank you so much, guys. 100%. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, please remember to like, subscribe, and leave us a five-star rating. Mm-hmm.
Also, you can follow us on Twitter at Say What Needs and on Instagram and Facebook at Say What Needs Saying for live updates and sound bites from our actual podcast. Don't forget to continue the discussion. Thank you for listening. Thanks.